absolutely verklempt to uh, talk with you, even virtually. Uh, uh, you're 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 a hero of mine in in cinema. So, oh, well, um, thank you, thank you. I appreciate be, that. I'm going to be nail biting and and uh, uh, stuttering all through this. Oh, I don't think so. Um, I think you're. Congratulations, first of all, on on the new film, Time Crafters. I know you're like a super busy guy and doing a lot of stuff, but uh, that's... Well, I I was a super busy guy, but uh, (laughs) nobody's really doing a lot of stuff at the moment. However, um, it was a sweet little script. And, um, you know, I'd never played a pirate before. And it's always... uh, I've always been intrigued. It's like I've never played a gunslinger either. Well, I'm too old for that now, but I could play in a Western, but I never have. I suppose I'm just too English or something. But of course, the West was uh, pioneered initially with the Irish and English and Germans. So um, anyway, um, as I say, um, I have youngish kids. They're 11 and 13, Mm. two of them. And... um, I figured something that they could watch, you know. Well, even younger than that, because I've got grandkids that are four and five, and this is just yeah. one of those those great fantasy action films that that I grew up watching. You know, I, I go back to yeah. Treasure Island, and well, Treasure Island's one of my favorites. Uh, I Jim Lyon, <laughs> I, uh one of the great great um, Robert Newton, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, Long and then, John uh, Silver, he was absolutely brilliant. And I saw that when I was a schoolboy. Hmm. And, I, you know, it's such a, a wonderfully um, adventure, romantic film. And I mean romantic in terms of the, just the, the sea, the, the ships and the whole thing. It was great. It was well, great. It, it, for me, it goes back to almost a literary, uh, you know, time where we were reading, you know, uh, the, the Horatio Hornblower series and, you know, in, in Oh, school. yes. Uh, I fell in love with great sea uh, uh, adventure stories. Moby Dick, yeah. which, uh, you know, the 20,000. Oh, Moby Dick. Well, that's, of course, a great classic. And uh, it's a pretty good film, too. Uh, John Houston, of course, with a Orson script. Wells. You know who read, did the script? Uh, I believe it was uh, uh, science fiction writer Ray Bradbury. Yes, 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 Absolutely. I know, I know. Um, it was Ray, and um, he was a friend of mine. Um, really, dear man. Yeah, dear man. I I, I met Ray uh, several times at my aunt's. My aunt was June Foray, the voice actress. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, yeah, wow. we had we had known Ray, you know, through uh, yeah a lot of works and and stuff, and of course, well, it was. I knew him. Uh, I met him through a mutual friend, but he was fascinated and wanted to talk to me and he, because I'd played H.G. Wells. Time after time. Yes, time after time. And he kind of figured that he was like the American H.G. Wells. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and said, no, I think, Ray, that you are the American Jules Verne. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, well, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he, was a, he was a terrific guy. I got to know him very late in his life, but I'm so thrilled I did. Yeah, I, he had a fear of flying that uh, he he would travel just by train or by car everywhere. Well, he had that in common with Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. And Kubrick had a had a private uh, pilot's license, hmm. so he could even fly a plane, but he was terrified. As I looked at the history of of your films, I mean, I I pick out several of my favorites. Oh, lucky man. 
first of all, uh-huh. is one of the first films that ever spoke to me to say, this is cinema. This is, this is, this is great storytelling. Well, it's, a, it's cinema as an art form, as opposed to, um, because the ideas are sort of, uh, they're not new. There's no ideas that are new, but um, the ideas are not usually in movies. You know, it's um, what we call that film, uh, Lindsay Anderson, who's a brilliant director who made it, called it a picaresque movie. And I said, well, what, uh, is there another movie that's picaresque that I can look at? And he said, yes, it's uh, Sullivan's Tales, Sullivan's Tales. Sullivan's Travels, yeah. Travels, Travels, which is true. Who directed it? Um, Capra, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Capra. Uh, Christian Nyby? No. Um, We'll have to look it up. Yeah, but anyway... um, and when I saw it, I understood, I know, because I was writing the script. I was, we, I wrote it with, uh, in fact, I used to be a coffee salesman. That's what it stemmed from, the original idea. And then I worked with the writer who had written If, which was my first film and was a, a brilliant film. One of, one of the best films I think I was ever in, and it was my first one. Um, and it was just great to work with the great Lindsay Anderson yeah. again. You know, I did three films. A few, I, I worked in the theater a lot with him, and he was a brilliant theater director. He was a brilliant director, full stop. But um, a very great friend and a great man, you know. Do you crisscross like that with a lot of people uh, working with them on stage and then in, in motion pictures and then to television? I would no. imagine. No, because um, Kubrick ne- never did a play. He wasn't interested in the theater at all. That wasn't his expertise. You know, he, he would have um, been fine working at Panavision in the lens department, you know, or anything that was pushing the boundaries of movies. Uh, technically, he was a genius. I mean, what he did on 2001 is just unheard of. I mean, he took yeah. science fiction on a millennium jump. And uh, it was just an amazing feat of work that he did. And they were all models, all, there was no computer stuff. And it was really quite amazing. It was, it was a breathtaking film. And so is A Clockwork Orange. I mean, yeah, I re-examined it, you know, and I, we just lost David Prowse, who, who I know. played did the they? bodybuilder yeah. in that. I know. Well, he, David told me that he went in, uh, you know, um, to see George Lucas and um, about this other film that they had that was at Elstree. And he told him, well, I've just, I've just been working with Stanley Kubrick. And they went, oh, come in. <laughs> and he got, he didn't have to do anything. And he, when he read the script, he couldn't believe how, what a great part it was. Mm. And of course, he, I, I guess he thought that he'd be doing the voice and he was rather disappointed to find that he wasn't, he was just the look. But take nothing away from him. The look is amazing and just the way he moves is amazing. Yeah. So he's pretty cool. He, he was a, a dear friend of mine as well and, and I, I miss him every day. What a, what, an inc- what a gentle giant he was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I also want to bring up Moon 44 because it's one of those films that nobody ever talks about but it is such a brilliant film. I think it is. And, you know, it was Roland's 
first movie, mm-hmm. basically. And um, it was a brilliant um, idea, you know, doing this. And, uh, you know, to take um, science fiction and have a rusty old ship that's falling apart. It was just the antithesis of everything you think about as being science fiction, you know, and space travel and all that. So that was really, uh, it was a terrific, um, he was really obviously very talented. But, um, yeah, amazing man. And, and uh, yeah. one of my best friends is Dean Devlin. who Oh, Dean, wow. And he became his, he was an actor in that movie and he's suddenly yeah. producing and co-writing everything. And he did a great job too, you know. Yeah, so I mean, I, again, Oh Lucky Man should be seen, obviously, Loop 44, uh, mm-hmm. A Clockwork Orange, if you haven't seen it, it is. these are just breathtaking movies, all of them. And, and you do such a great job in them. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I'd like to add to that if, because I think that is yeah, if. a spectacular movie that Kubrick saw and cast me just from seeing the movie. He, he, before he ever met me, he knew I was going to play the part. And, uh, you know, I made some interesting movies in Russia, actually. One of them particularly called The Assassin of the Tsar, mm. which was directed by a brilliant Russian director called Karen Sheknazarov who is now running Moss Film in Moscow. And it's a, it's a stunning movie. About, it's about, of course, the end of the um, Romanovs. Mm-hmm. But being Russians, it's not just a biopic about, you know, the Romanovs and their death and all that in 1917. It starts off contemporary Russia in a mental institution with this inmate who um, claims to be the Tsar killer. And a young doctor comes and takes up his case and they have this kind of chess match going on in these interviews. And then suddenly, click, you're back to 1917. The doctor becomes the Tsar and the patient becomes Yurovsky, who was the Tsar killer. And, you know, the Russians consider that to be execution by the state. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it murder, but they went, no, no, this is, was sanctioned by Lenin himself. It, it sounds twistedly wonderful. It's a brilliant movie, actually. I, I, and, you know, I, I had to go to Russia for a long time mm-hmm. in 1990, and it was totally fascinating. And, um, of course, I, ha- I went to Fortnum and Mason and stocked up on um, tinned goods because there was very little to eat. But they were so generous to me. It was really amazing. I had a great time. Were you taken back by the amount of fandom there is for Star Trek? Because, you know, playing Surin in, in that movie must have catapulted yeah. you into all of the conventions and everything. To be honest with you, I turned it down a couple of times. Um, And I went, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't give a damn. I've never even seen the show, you know. (laughs) But um, because they they didn't want to pay me, you know. I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not a charity for these people. Uh, What the heck? You know, this franchise earns a fortune. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, they came up. So I did it. And I had such a great time. It was a wonderful director, David Carson who I'm actually going to do another movie with. So um, 
it was a it was a good meeting and and i had a lot of fun working of course with the two captains who i teased a lot and they of course teased me in return but it was fun to see patrick stewart i hadn't worked with him since the early 60s at stratford or mid 60s probably we were both in the company at the same time well he was there for 12 years i think Mm. Uh, i was only there for 18 months i had i'd had enough by then but um a very nice guy and of course very talented and then you've got shatner who what can you say about him he's one of these these (laughs) extraordinary i'm so happy i got to work with him and meet him and i and really i like him a lot I, i thought he was so professional on set so precise so um he's a very he's a very good actor you know um well, he's and a showman he, too. He's he he knows how to promote showman. Shatner. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you, you know, guys, he, yeah. you yeah. three uh, in that you all have that that stage back of the Shakespearean background as well. Do you miss yeah. live theater, Malcolm? Do I miss it? Well, I, I of course I miss performing in front of an audience because there's really nothing better than having the audience tell you instantly whether you're doing the right thing or not and there's so much energy you get from a live audience of course but getting there and doing it i I don't miss that the learning of the part which you know you you can't just do through three minutes a day it's you've got to really get down to it the rehearsing and actually the rehearsing period's almost more fun than the performance but then, and you think, oh, it's great. I'm only working, you know, 7.30 till 10 or 10.30. And then uh, I've got my evenings and I've got them all day. It's just not, that's not the way it works. Yeah. You wake up really late because you can't go to sleep after a performance because the juices are still flowing. The adrenaline is kicking in. And so you end up going to bed around 2 or 3 in the morning. You don't get up till 10, 11. And then you think, oh, I've got to eat now because I don't want to be a full stomach working. And so the whole day is geared up to this thing. And, and that's it. There's no time to socialize that you think, oh, it's great. I'll even have the children come out. Forget it. doesn't work that way. It but um, Do I miss it? Yes, of course. Because, you know, I'm a stage actor at heart and started off that way. I really want to thank you for your time today. This this has meant so much to me because I've, I've you represent a lot of my favorite movies. You know, there's there's a few actors I I in my life that I've I've always wanted to sit down and chat with. Roddy McDowell, who passed a, a while ago, oh, you. yes. Um, and you know, time after time is one of those movies that is so dear to me. You know, so wonderfully done. And uh, my kids have discovered it, and my grandkids are now discovering it. It is oh, just a good. charming movie. It is. It's beautifully done. Beautiful script by Nick Meyer, who directed it. And it's, it's actually his, I think it was the first movie he directed. That's a pretty, pretty damn good movie to do for your first one. And Yeah, you know, they have uh, a limited series uh, based on it. And uh, it, it wasn't yeah. as good as the movie. To be honest, no, no, I, I didn't, I didn't see it, so I don't, I can't really comment on it. But it didn't last very long. But um, the movie 
even though when it first came out, did not do the box office they wanted, because actually they sold it as a Jack the Ripper yeah. sort of chase movie thing, which was ridiculous. It's a love story. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it is. And um, the fact of these wonderful Victorian elements come to, you know, modern day San Francisco. It's just a beautiful idea. Yeah. And then, you know, great scenes with David. You know, um, I love the one where he's flicking through channels going, you're so naive, you know, HG. You're so, you're, look at this. This is violence. I'm not violent. This is, and he's pointing to the television and you're seeing the Vietnam War and the whole thing. And there's tears going down your cheeks at that moment, you know, because yes. you realize that utopia is is only a dream. Yes. But anyway, course, I, I, yeah. I, I just uh, adore you so much. You're, you're, you're again, this is this meant so much to me. Thank you so much. And again, back to Time Crafters. What a great role getting back to that kind of hand wringing villain, you know, that <laughs> yeah. uh, uh that kids the twirling love. I mean, mustache. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, but it, it's so perfect for kids. Thank you so much. Listen, it's also very nice to talk to you. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate it too. You have a wonderful day. Happy holidays to you and your family. And uh, you too. Stay safe. You too. Bye bye. All right. Bye. This celebrity interview is sponsored by. I'm Annette Severella with Pia Anderson Moss Hoyt. Utah's leading entertainment law firm, serving clients nationwide. We provide solid, attentive representation, focusing on minimizing risk, reducing cost, and protecting the reputation and privacy of our clients. Our goal is to provide you with the legal representation you need to make the right decisions and to protect you and your creative works. Call or email me for a free consultation.